Okay, good morning, folks. This is Nube coming at you from KPOO 89.5 San Francisco. You can tune in to us also at the World Wide Web at kpoo.com. This is Prison Focus Radio. We come at you every Thursday morning. And I hope we have some new listeners out there. That would be really great. And I'm going to push out there right now. Any of the listeners that uh, um, grace these airwaves and take your beautiful time to join me on Thursdays, please give me some feedback. Reach me at newbay at prisons.org. I'd really love to get your feedback um, about what you hear on the show. Um, yeah, if you like what you're hearing, what else you would like to hear. And, uh, yeah, just check in with me because... Uh, you know, we just, we're, we're sharing energy and, and space right now. So I'd love to hear what you have to say. Um, it is December 19th and we are getting to the end of the year. And as you all know, there are a couple of uh, fun drives that are going, of course, for the beautiful KPOO, this fantastic listener supported all community radio station is doing their annual KPOO fall fundraiser. So please do whatever you can to kick down some funds. Um, it really is about all of us coming together. I, I, I can't say enough uh, what that really means around all power to the people, um, not just here in our communities, but of course um, in our counties, in our state, in our country. If you see what's happening um, around what happens when we are divided, um, we are in stress, we are in strife, and we forget how to care about one another. So there are so many different opportunities to show um, the care for one another. And I really feel like that's kind of the missing element or one of the missing elements around um, what's happening um, in our country and what's happening in general. Uh, we are far better off when we are caring for each other and coming together because that is when we are the mighty force. So, Please kick down some funds for KPOO. They are trying, we are trying to raise $75,000 by the end of the year so that we can keep this beautiful radio station going. Um, this is a fantastic platform um, for community voices, and we are so grateful from California Prison Focus to be able to have Prison Focus Radio Hour from 11 to noon every Thursday where we can bring forth the voices of um, folks on the inside who um, normally don't get their voices heard. So um, again, that is a real act of um, radical love to be able to have this platform and it can only happen if we all come together and kick down some money because that's what we got. We don't trade in beads. So um, you can send a check or money order to KPOO PO Box 156650, San Francisco, California, 94115. 
Um, and you can also donate online at kpoo.com. Uh, you can use your debit or credit cards there. And, of course, all donations are tax deductible. Now, if you have a little bit more or you want to do a little sharing of your hard-earned funds, uh, please uh, donate also uh, to California Prison Focus. We are trying to match a very generous $25,000 donation that someone has given to us. And um, and we we can do that until the end of the year as well. So go to prisons.org and you can donate right there online um, you can also uh, send in uh, check or money orders also to California Prison Focus 4408 Market Street Suite A Oakland California 94608 and um, again California Prison Focus um, is one of those rare organizations that um, uh, centers their energy and support and, um, and yeah, energy, support, um, and expertise, everything that people can contribute, um, when they're passionate about something for the, um, the human rights of our friends and family members that are incarcerated, um, or let's put it more clearly, caged and in, um, enslaved in California's uh, <clears throat> 32 prisons. Yes, there are 32 prisons housing hundreds of thousands of people here in California. Um, and we do uh, shine the light on what is happening inside and expose the human rights abuses, as well as the incredible triumphs that are happening inside, um, despite CDC small R's tactics of retaliation and abuse. So again, please kick down some funds, both to KPOO and California Prison Focus. That would be um, just lovely um, to show your community support for these very um, beautiful and noteworthy um, platforms that we need to keep going. And I also would like to give a big shout out of love to our listeners uh, behind the walls. Uh, we hear you, we love you, and know that um, continue, please continue to do the work that you're doing inside to um, counter um, your experience in there um, because we want to work with you out here. We want to be in solidarity and are acting in solidarity with you. Um, we hear you. Um, we welcome you. We have open arms for you. And we want you to know that we want to be in dialogue with you and put your voices forward. So if you are listening to this and you do not have yet a uh, subscription to the Prison Focus newspaper, please write to us. If you are in SHU, um, you can get the newspaper for free, and we encourage you also to ask your family um, and and friends on the outside um, to get the newspaper as well, because it's a wonderful tool of dialogue and collaboration um, between us. Um, as Asada Secure says, a wall is just a wall, and it can be broken down. And this is one of the ways to break that wall down, is to keep in uh, communication and dialogue. So. Um, 
If you are in SHU, you will get the newspaper for free. Write to us at four California Prison Focus, 4408 Market Street, Suite A, Oakland, California, 94608. And for any friends and family that would like to get a subscription for um, for someone inside, again, go to prisons.org and you can um, get a subscription on through our website or write to us as well at 4408, sorry, 4408 Market Street, Suite A, Oakland, California, 94608, and that would be to California Prison Focus. Um, okay, so um, I will stop, well, I'm not going to stop talking because we have this morning that we're going to have Anthony Robinson Jr. on this morning, and he um, has been on the station before and talked to us about some amazing work that he is doing, but we wanted to have him back because he's continuing to do amazing work, and so um, we are going to take a quick musical break, and then we are going to come back with Anthony Robinson Jr. Junior. So let's see if I can get. I've been trying to play for two weeks now. India Ari's um, beautiful. Let's see if I can get it going today. Let's see. Okay. It's okay. Hold on one second. Okay, we are going to go into instead. We're just going to go into Jimmy Cliffs because we don't seem to be able to get that song. I'm not really sure why, but here we go. We're going to do Jimmy Cliffs. I can see clearly now. I am feeling very Olympic today. How about you? How do we get rid of that?
Okay, folks, we are back, and I am going to, we are going to have Anthony Robinson on with us, but first, I am going to introduce him. So we are going to be welcoming Anthony Robinson, who is an organic intellectual, who is a positive obsession for transformative justice and courageous dialogue, as a prison journalist for SF Bayview, who spent 20 years inside the prison industrial complex, Anthony Robinson Jr. soon came to the realization that we must shape, change, and grow the world we want to see. He has been invited here this morning to share some space with us um, through California Prison Focus here on KPOO Prison Focus Radio. And um, he sent over this wonderful piece that I would like to um, uh, share with you that um, he um, that he recorded, and we're going to kind of work with that. So here we go. I'm going to show you. Um, I'm going to play this now. So listen to this. This is Anthony Robinson Jr., and then we're going to get him on the line. Put a long equation on one side of the board, an equation that makes no sense, but at the same time seemingly can be challenged and ask the audience, how many people know if my answer is correct or not? And on the other side, put a simple equation where folks can immediately instinctually get know and agree upon the answer being correct. And I guess the lesson to draw from a lot of times in this movement, we have things that have an aesthetics to it, right? It's like the appearance, it looks, it looks good, but the result, you can't really check the math. It doesn't like know if folks are really solving those problems that they aim to solve. And then on the other side, the simple uh, basic math that doesn't really always have the, the glamour or the bells and whistles, but we know is the correct path. We have to figure out a way to get that more into the process, get that more into the structure of how we build and empower communities. Simply, like, like going back to indigenous practices, simply like adhering to the lessons that we draw from nature, just like don't complicate too much because in the complication we lose uh, rigor we, we, we lose the ability to measure true success and, and, and validate if what we're doing is, is correct so, so the more uncomplicated the community that you're going to be dealing with is the, the less complicated anything that you offer or bring to the community should be one pages uh, flyers packets the, Memorandums, all these, all these things should, should, that's, that's the equity. Also, you also approach in the, in the same fairness and fear from doing your research, understanding that if this community on average has an eighth grade literacy or reading level, why are you, you, why are you bringing them college material, trying to exchange it and, 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 and claim to empower them? They can't, they, that's, that's, that's a, a, a disjunct. 
So you gotta correct in the math that the movement is gonna call for a lot of these uh, solutions are for us to correct our way of thinking. If I say, but we're not already building uh, communities and different cohorts of always bringing the folks impacted by the problem to the table to work with us through the solution. And it's like when we're not being uh, as equitable as we claim to be, or at least as we could be. Well, we are back. Anthony, are you on the line with us this morning? I am. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. That was... That was so. That was a really cool. I would love to unpack that a little bit more with you about that um, kind of the organic transformation and sounds like maybe meeting people where they are more at the essence of where people are and kind of drawing out their leadership as opposed to maybe coming in with kind of preconceived ideas of what a particular community or a particular environment needs. What do you think? Yes, 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 yes. Good starting point. I know just as a, my experience as an organizer, I, I kind of, uh, not necessarily just intuitively, but also experimentally came to that conclusion to where, how do we motivate folks to feel alive against their limits? I know those of us in the work, uh, whether on the inside and on some of us, we work inside as well as how being organized. I started organizing in prison while writing articles for the same views, daring to go against the system that really, uh, had my lives in their hand, like literally and figuratively. But if I was able to grasp an understanding of where my colleagues and my comrades within the system were, and I had just a piece of understanding to articulate that experience, that's kind of where I started from. Those who are closest to the problems are also closest to the solution. And as much as folks are out here saying that, we're not putting that into practice as much as we could. I, I agree. I agree. I, I was kind of when I was driving over here, I was thinking a lot about how um, there really need to be more more folks with the, with this lived experience that need to be working in all sectors of society, not I mean not even just in as activists. I mean that's that's so important, but I mean all all areas. I mean this is just a, it's, this is just an this is an experience and a particular kind of experience that people have had, and it doesn't take away from all of the 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 talents and passions and intelligence and that that any other human being would have to offer in any kind of of setting. So how do we how do we create that that how do we create that space for um, yeah, for those that have been closest to the to the to the problem, which is kind of just all in it, a societal problem, right? Um, how do we yeah. put their voices yeah. forward everywhere, right? I mean, 
yeah. How how do you see that? We have to go back to I think one of the things that's happened in uh, the movement because we are bombarded and we are kind of hit with so many antagonisms. We have to openly admit where even those of us in the movement have adopted the oppressor's guidelines, right? Uh, similar to uh, Paulo Freire when he said in the pedagogy of the oppressed. How much do oppressed folks trying to get out and organize out of that oppression adopt the guidelines of those who oppress us and we begin to form our own movements, our own think tanks, et cetera? The only ideologies, the only blueprints that we have is that these packed into this capitalist society is going for funds. We utilize their same blueprints a lot of times. Right. And we're not really questioning enough, and we're not challenging that. Like I say, how do you get uh, funded as a nonprofit? Mainly, you're going to have to go through grants. And a lot of times, the grant writing becomes such a uh, academic process, right? That that right there is the illusion from the community, because these marginalized and systematic communities, they don't have that same academic uh, stronghold yet as much. So we have to reach under the earth for each other and recognize that the communities who are marginalized, they may not have a hard education, but their experience is an education and the value in itself. And we have to admit and start truly valuing that. We have to value Sister Smith, who maybe she didn't go to MIT, but she's been a treasury for the church for 30 years, having tested on, having lost the darn night. How can we don't value her as an economic uh, expert in the community and beyond the community? Right, but we go and we look to academia when we want financial advice. And a lot of times, it's like we, we, we run right into uh, the dragnet of those who are set up to exploit us because the system acts as a process of exploitation. And if we're not challenging that process, and sometimes we turn from that process, as much as we say or we would like to think we're not, we fall right into it. Right. It's like we've we've allowed now more systems of of oppression, which haven't they because they've been operating on the same guidelines of of oppression. They don't even really realize that they're setting up these standards that don't that, like you said, create the inequity. Right. And mm-hmm. yeah. And so it so it's incumbent upon us to to say that we want to change that narrative and we want to change that that paradigm that you're talking about, like you said. And so, yeah, the 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 woman that's been doing uh, bookkeeping for the church is just as valuable in terms of how how you know bookkeeping money works as a person that's gone to MIT. And we can't even and and there and so we we can create a connect yeah. in a space yeah, where there's a, a a disconnect, exactly. right? So it's yeah. really about creating a connect and and changing that that narrative around also mm-hmm. around what's valuable and and what's worthy and what's and 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 what's usable, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, because we have in the community with people like you said, the people and the people that are closest to the problem or just closest to an experience. That's the other thing too, because it's not always, you know, couched in a problem, right? It's yeah. just it's a it's an experience that people are having and how and and they're in it, they know and and you know, people are really resourceful and resilient. And how do we put that resourcefulness and resilience to work in a way that actually is, like you said, 
equitable and honorable um, to uh, what people have just because uh, in a kind of counter to this, I, these things that are already, these, these paradigms and these systems that are already set up to say, this is how it has to look, and if it doesn't look like this, then it's not um, acceptable. And I think um, we run into a lot of that with grants, you know, the grant writing, um, or getting funding from people. You know, it's like, okay, well, we're going to fund you, but we want you to do it this way, and how do we create that space for ourselves um, in the community where we're saying, well, we're going to do it this way. And we can even speak to that, say, well, no, actually, <laughs> you can should give the money and and we're going to do it this way because we're valuable and we we're we're worthy of this based on what we have you know so exactly. how, yeah and it's so yeah so how do we i i just love to hear what you have to say about about that more cuz i know you just yeah you just have such eloquence and you're speaking and i love that organic transformation <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in relation to you, born the term, I just recognized it, and it was interesting what I was going through my development. In prison, I never had any concept or grasp of the term of organic intellectual, right? But when Grancy created that term, I think that had value. More folks need to recognize that, hey, organic intellectuals is the individual who, through experience, through motivation, through will, through earnest, et cetera, has brought themselves from one position to the other, and they have an expertise and a value that we need to recognize. One of the things that became real practical to me is that our rituals of resistance develop a rhythm of their own, right? Regardless of what the ritual is. So we have folks in prison organizing. Uh, we have examples from the hunger strike. Uh, we have examples uh, in the Free Alabama movement. Robert uh, Blessed organized with the brother Nelson Ray. And they took it from hunger strike to recognizing that uh, we're going to use uh, plantation strategy, actually, that most folks are not uh, aware of regarding leaving the crops in the field. So they took it to where is the biggest exploitive advantage in the prison industrial complex? What is an industrial complex? Prison labor. We continue to give our labor to a system or a process that exploits. And as long as you are investing in that process, you can't expect or hope to change it. So one of the things that a lot of the slaves used to do that they had to, the, the force to organize, they used to hold back their labor. They used to let the crops rot in the field. They wouldn't go out and pick the crops, right? And it cost the plantation owners so much in economics that they had to come to the table and renegotiate a more... uh if not sustainable, whatever the demands were, right? So how do you get folks to meet the demands, especially when you're still investing in those uh, tentacles or those residents of, of the ways in which they exploit you? And they're not going to meet the, your, your demands. So you have to change that that system. And a lot of things, it's like, really, we don't have to look through the lens that they set up. We can set up and create new lenses for our communities, for ourselves, and look through those. And if the more folks that start looking towards those other lenses, the more that the view on the other side of those lenses will become valuable. And their lenses will be less valuable because they create the lens, they create the but they need us, the energy of the people, to look through them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, it's that that's coming that's that coming together of the community. It's it sounds like it's 
that trusting one another, that that we actually have what we need. We just what we need in order to um, move these these energies forward and move these ideas forward. And um, it's <laughs> you know we hear the 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 terminology uh, decolonize, right? Decolonizing the mind, decolonizing our bodies, decolonizing our environments, um, decolonizing. In, in so on on all levels right where we are coming back to coming back to center and coming back to self because we have been um, I mean I mean we've been assaulted right we've been assaulted since day one the, the, we've been exploited we've been traumatized and so we do have a lot of ground to cover in that but but again if we Yes, if we can start to turn that around and um, really look to, again, each other, to that healing, to that decolonizing, like you were talking about, um, getting back to that, um, you know, the indigenous spaces, um, being out in, in nature, um, uh, to go into that, that deeper self. I mean, it's so it's a it's a it's a healing practice almost that, exactly. right exactly. that it's you brought up the term decolonizing because it's like and how do we define it i, I just found a fortune in some of the part of value of redefining even what decolonization is in a, a program that i'm uh, a curriculum actually that i developed called narrative reprocessing and where I define narrative reprocessing, and I say it's not a term that I that I made up, but the term that was already out there, I, I intuitively found that it clicked. Narrative reprocessing is a psychodynamic process of shifting traumatic narratives that repair your self awareness and vision for positive life outcomes. Narrative reprocessing is a trauma informed act of decolonization. Now, how I define decolonization is learning to unlearn. Oh, yes. Right? A lot right. of times we, we assume that we're decolonizing because we're just getting into this other uh, institution, right? But an institution stacks upon another institution, and you haven't really made a radical change, right? Radical being that you haven't grasped at the roots of, like, what is the roots of the institution? And you're coming to find out, like, oh, they're working in the same, the same tech, the same meaning. They're working to advance the same educational system. They're working to advance the same colonial system. So how did I decolonize? I just went from one form of exploitation to another seemingly less formal, working towards the same goal or the same end. So we have to understand that decolonization is learning to unlearn that we've been so shifted and, and, and impacted with plantation uh, psychosis. You know, a lot of us familiar with Willie Lynch, maybe from the peripheral or, or just on the surface of gene of reading the Willie Lynch letter. But it, 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 it's so much that goes to when he said that we were breaking folks to breaking other slaves. That's, that goes intergenerational and it, and it's passed down. So a lot of times, one of the, one of the biggest, uh, tragedies of folks when they're thinking that they're coming out of it were the slaves who think that he's free, but, but it just playing another, uh, role for the master. Harry Tubman said it best and I, and I always, uh, follow, uh, this quote in her advice, she said, I know that I have three hundreds of slaves in my lifetime. She said, but I have one regret, and my biggest regret that will always haunt me is that I could have freed hundreds of more slaves 
if they only knew that they were slaves. Right, right. So, of course, there, again, that comes, the, I love the, um, what is it called, narrative? Rest- narrative reprocessing. Reprocessing. Yeah. yeah, it comes down, again, it's it's that education, right? I mean, this is just a vestige of, of slavery. I just feel like that, you know, that that's, you know, the the prison industrial complex is really just a vestige of slavery, and it is still legal in this country. And one of the main ways to keep people um, enslaved or is to is to make sure they don't get an education, right? Yeah. And an education doesn't necessarily mean an um, you know, a book education at a school. <laughs> you know, the education of yourself, your ancestors, your culture, who you are, where you come from, and yes, you know, the 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 world, right? An yeah. educated mind is a is a free and um, empowered person, and all of these systems are set up to make sure that people are not educated and empowered, right? Definitely. And so, and, and a lot of us know that. I even think instinctively we know that as well. Um, and we see a lot of work being, being done around it. Um, but yes, that's yeah. that, that, that aspect. And, and, you know, um, you know, going back to your time inside, what did, you know, cause you, what did you do about about that? And I mean, you, you like well, you did say that you you did a lot of this work on the inside, and then you're now bringing it out here. How are you? How, how are you seeing that? Do you feel like, um, you know, people are, um, you know, open to these ideas, and do people feel like, you know? knowing themselves is something that they that they need that's something that's missing in their life or is that how 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 is that showing up for instance that's interesting i mean just from the lens in this perspective that honestly i mean i've only been out for about 15 months right so i know me so i sit up here and try to pontificate and assume that i'm some expert on like free world living after uh, 20 years of uh trying to decolonize but it's interesting we're most folks are so marginalized, right, and impacted and just in survival mode. That that going into self, that 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 know thyself, right? They've lost that intuitive uh, compass that kind of guides them towards it. I was just thinking, uh, I think it was a few weeks ago, and I came across what I, what I consider for myself an aha moment, recognizing that we've been. So caught up in running towards this capital gain because of course you need money to like sustain, you need money to live, you got bills to pay, you got. So every time you, you, you turn the corner, right, you have something that is old. And most of the time it's like poor folks is it, it, utilizing the most energy paying to advance other folks' systems. So a lot of folks don't consider it value or right. don't even think that they have time to work on themselves. And that's the, I'm trying to change the link and recognize that a lot of the organic intellectuals that I know and that I've come across have been instituted into the prison systems because they have the time to do the work, right? So a lot of times we can be a lot more fortunate if we just go and turn to those voices. You know, you turn to those folks who organize the hunger strike, 
that's what like on the theoretical sense, I I know a lot of those brothers, uh, I know a lot of those brothers who I mean they're like geniuses. I mean just 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 to be honest, like pound for pound, their minds are so short because they had a focus and recognized discipline. Similar to uh George Jackson where he says like but like, what he said, I got myself to a discipline to recognize that I studied this system in and out and I recognize that the system as is because there's a process in that system and you can try to change one thing or one trusting or one but until you take out the whole process and do something new, what you're doing is you're just re invigorating and reiterating the same system. Right? We we, we go after effects and we don't really get to the cause. And a lot of times what I'm trying to get folks to understand, we have to reach for each other under the earth. Right? We have to grasp things at the root and recognize that we're all in the same boat. We're all being exploited by the same four systems. I don't care what how you look at it, whether it's the space that you're investing in and also invest in the prison industrial complex, right? Whether it's the stores you go to that are also investing in the prison industrial complex. Or whether it, it, it is this this microchip that you bought that was made from someone out of sight, out of mind in an Illinois prison somewhere. They're still being exploited, right? For slave labor, for slave wages. Right, so when those when those brothers the Free Alabama movement now the Free Mississippi movement and they they're taking off and they recognize that hey if they're going to export us for our labor then we have to recognize there's a value in that absolutely and and they and they do and that is um, inspiration that we can definitely draw from and I love I I do want to go back to that it's um, I want to take that vein because you were talking about these um, these brilliant minds that are are still behind the walls, right? And they are behind the walls because of those brilliant minds, because they they refuse to capitulate, and we want and that's such a valuable um, resource that we want out here. And so I just, I wanted to tell you, Anthony, that um, we are California Prison Focus through Liberate the Cage Voices is going to be doing a campaign to um, free Satawa. So he, because he's one of those brilliant minds that we were talking about in terms of, so, you know, kind of digging under, going to the roots, going to those folks, yeah. right, to, um, uh, to make that change, that beautiful way that you put change and grow the world we want to see. Um, it's, it's, it's those, it's those people though that we we want to be um, guiding us and and um, we want that leadership out here because not only they are doing, uh, do they have these brilliant minds, but they're sharing it. I mean, they're creating yeah. amazing work. I mean, we're talking about the agreement to end hostilities, probably the exactly. one of the most uh, powerful documents um, of of the past decade or more. Right. Yeah, um, I, mean, I would say more. Yeah. Right. I mean, we're we're talking about, and it's so scary to to the um, CDC, small R, um, California Department of Corrections, um, for those folks out there. Um, that that document itself is so powerful, and that really they it, it speaks specifically to changing and growing the world that we want to see to be able to. Um, uh, come together, uh, groups of people 
um, individuals and groups of people that are apparently historically supposed to be, um, you know, enemies at odds, which is, you know, basically the oppressor creating the, the you know, divide and conquer tactics. They countered that with this amazing document. And for those that are listening, if you want to read the agreement to end hostilities, just go to prisons.org because it really does speak to um, what we're what we're talking about here, getting to the root of and going underneath these these oppressive systems and um, uh, you know putting into the uh, drawing from that work that's already being done, drawing from the people that are are there that are that are doing it we need and these are and now these people are becoming elders so i'm moving into a little bit different territory so you know jump in but these are these are our elders right they need to be in our communities but you you're right so they've 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 had this very unfortunate environment in which they could really hone these skills right and that's the world that we want to create where we are able to where we are creating that environment out here where people don't need to be where we're not exploiting and oppressing and um uh, uh and repressing people and enslaving people in order for them to find that space right in order to do yeah. that we want that out here we want that coming yeah. from you know these young brilliant minds that are in the making right now so i just wanted to say that the, and and i'm putting this out there to everyone and you as well about this campaign it really is about it's so much about this it's about the prisoners human rights movement it's about these the, the there's these are people that are being caged and we are talking people with the, this beautiful, incredible human potential that we have to advocate for. We have to be able to come through as a community and advocate for, no, imprisoning is not the way to strengthen our communities or make us safer and all of these other um, um, narratives. We're gonna, we need to build our own narrative. And it goes back to that um that, that building that narrative for ourselves so i just wanted to sorry i'm probably losing a lot of words you're so much more eloquent but can you take anything no, from no, that no, <laughs> just, definitely, definitely. i mean one of the things that i've uh drew from when you said i was inspired to like even in the moment right now just always having to be daring to redefine right because we get stuck in like i say definitions that put us in a box so when you were speaking on the butterfly that uh, you did the artwork for uh, the New Underground Railroad Movement, right. which is uh, my uh, organization that I'm uh, starting up in 2020. And it's interesting how, even how we define ancestors, right? Yes. What kind of box we right? Because we're thinking about those folks who are already long gone and off long past. Like, no, if we understand the ancestral how, if the advice that comes through the intuitive DNA instinctively, and we must start recognizing that ancestors come through, even folks who are living yes. amongst us. That genius, that spark, that 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 motivation, because the ancestor is trying to tell us something, trying to keep a lineage, or trying to break us from something. So, a lot of times that 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 becomes lost in it. Like we don't recognize the ancestors because we living and like you said, you get to the point. We must recognize the value now. 
<laughs> that we need it. Not that we want these brothers out here, that we need these brothers out here. And even above that, don't wait for them to get out. What are organizations out there doing right now to reach back in? Put these brothers on your board. Put these brothers on on, on some type of payroll as the spoken. Exactly. Just, right? Because that's another form of exploitation. With all due respect, when you want folks to organize in prison to find petitions, and to get their family on the on the road to call and make all these different things. It's like, what value are you exchanging? Obviously, you recognize that there's a value. That's why you call for them to do that service, to do that work. But also, a lot of times, these organizations, that I don't mean no disrespect to no one, but let's just be clear and call it spade to spade, you're not exchanging the value. You say you talk about you believe in equity, you use these big words, and you like to say they don't have defined meaning and practicality, right? So we need to move from theory to practice. And really start practicing what we speak because they say most of the time when you're going to the Capitol, when you're going to this speaking, you, you're getting paid for it. Exactly. Right? I mean, you, you don't do this free work, right? That's so when you're asking these brothers in these prisons to, to organize and to advance, and, and when that's a, a whole movement of the hunger strike was, was, was galvanized. And it was also borrowed or hijacked or, or, or linked to even other movements that was already out here. And they latched on to what their brothers did. That was genius, right? But we talked about it in hindsight, right? And, and we don't even keep it in the present uh, practical sense in recognizing the value. A lot of times the, 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 the value and the ability to measure rigor is lost in hindsight because we're just giving lip service. So I think uh, in the move, we need to move beyond lip service. The brother George Jackson said it best, and, and, and it was an ancestor of all that still goes through. Settle your quarrels. Come together. Understand the reality of your situation, that people are already dying who could be saved, that generations more will die or live poor, half-butchered lives if you fail to act. And that's a call to the public, not just folks who are or trying to fight against, whether you call it abolition, prison, industrial complex, etc. Like, if you fail to act, and as a, as a, as a, a whole, folks have failed to act. Let me talk about it, right? Have you failed to, to, to talk about it? Have you failed to give lip service or gossip or, or, or write a grant to try to get some funding? And not, and that's so funny, but to truly act in a way. Like I say, how, how long has, has abolition or, or the prison industrial conflict of what we're trying to combat it, he said, been around? 10, 15, 20 years or more? How are we measuring that impact? Folks wouldn't dare put someone that's in prison on their board to a nonprofit as a board member. And really count on their consultants or their advice. And I'm like, why not? Exactly. Again, it's about that inclusion. That's where we're talking, like you were talking about with, with the equity. Um, yeah, this, and, and this idea that, yeah, again, I think it's really, it's, it's gonna, it comes down to, to that, that changing the narrative, how we are seeing, how we are seeing those folks um, inside or people that have um, a lived experience of incarceration, right? We think that um, it, it, it's become normal. There's a normalization of some aspect of exploitation. And so we do have to be really careful. Um, I am proud to say that California Prison Focus does have formerly incarcerated people on their board. Um, and, that, and that this... Um, and that this um, this campaign is led by the folks inside, um, because you're you're right. It's their 
Um, and then those on the outside, they need to be getting paid for their work. I mean, it's not just, you know, um, yeah, we're, we're down for the struggle and activism. Like, n no, we have to, we, we, um, you said you need to just call this spade a spade and we need to be, we, we need to, what kind of action are, what kinds of actions are we taking? What kind of, what are we really doing to, um, to, to speak to the, the equity and the inclusion and making sure that, um, again, people are being, um, uh, you know, are, are being valued in the way that we want anybody to be valued. And, the, your voices just need to be out out front, and because the whole aspect of the prison industrial complex, I feel like anyway, just this is my my opinion. I feel like it is it it is like the social commentary. It is the human rights crisis of of our time, and it and oh, yeah. and it undergirds everything. So it, to me, it it's that um, so. Yes, those voices, those people need to be in the forefront. Yeah, yeah. And the interesting thing, I, I say that unequivocally in uh, my new underground railroad movement, I wrote an article in the Bay View where I said that the institutionalization of mass incarceration is the new civil rights issue of today. Yes, That yes. not many folks is recognizing. That's and one exactly. of the things that why they're not recognizing it is because there's new beasts that is reared as here that what I call the concrete new deal. Mm. Right? Where folks have bought into that and they're not they're not uh, self admitting that they bought into it. Even folks on the left, even folks who claim to be progressive, the concrete new deal is the institutionalization of mass incarceration and how we have bought into the carceral prison industrial complex as a social practice as well as an investment. Where opportunities to exploit an output of labor that would be unprecedented in its scope and consequences is accepted. Absolutely. How many products are you buying on your shelf right now going to Walmart, going to these stores that are either built by prison or that, that it basically has some type of uh, investment in the prison that's their conflict? How are we holding these institutions to account? Right? We, we want to talk about uh, when yes. colleges was organizing against apartheid in South Africa. Well, we've become apartheid times 10. In America, we always want to look back, right? And, 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 and there's practical solutions in that. And there's practical theory, but it's like a lot of times we look back so much where we turn our back on, on our future, right? So that doesn't give us as much direction as we should have or, or we probably even should have in the movement. So a lot of times we have to be very careful to exercise that. Man, we're in training. I don't have all the solutions. I want to make a pursuit that, but I have enough to understand that if one move or one uh, form of practice is not working, then you have to train yourself to be open to, to learn a new move. So a lot of times it's, it's like the combination of self-defense and offense. And if the moves that you're using to defend yourself are not holding up to the defense, why would you stick with it? How is our move defended those most vulnerable, those most marginalized, those most impacted? And we can see the areas and where they're, they're seemingly defensive. These are the same areas that we chase our tails in trying to write these new deals or we try to write this new legislation or these new regulations. It's clear. It's right on the table. 
You're you're absolutely right, and I do want to encourage people to check out your work. So check out Anthony Robinson Jr.'s work. Just go to sfbayview.com and um, just type in the search, and you will find his articles. Um, because, I mean, what you're also saying or inviting is we need to – this is a work in progress, folks, and we can educate ourselves and each other. Um, but we got to get more real about what's what's really happening. I, that's an amazing. The concrete New Deal. That's that's just such a powerful way of putting it. And um, it's it's heartbreaking, but it's but it's real. And I agree with you. I was I'm calling it the human rights crisis, but your rights also uh, a civil rights um, crisis. This is this is yeah. the biggest movement right now. It's our civil and human rights. This prison industrial slave complex um, is um, is real. It's in our face, and I think we just need to be. We I I, I hear what you're saying, and I agree. People, we gotta we gotta get more real about what's really happening because um, this is gonna affect us, mind, body, and soul. Don't don't think that it that it doesn't. Um, and you know what kind of world do we really do we want to live in? Do we want to leave for our children and their grandchildren? Um, I so we I think it's important to always to to think about that. And I feel like um, again being able to have conversations like this with you, Anthony, um, the work that that we're all doing. And if any of you out there have any inclination at all to get involved with this work. Um, again, um, you know, join us because um, the the voices of of the folks that are um, being affected by the prison industrial complex and don't um, think that uh, you who, th who us who think we're free um, are not affected. We are indirectly affected, and then ultimately we will be directly affected if we don't take some. Um, Again, if we if we don't uh, if we don't start looking at things um, much more realistically and 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 in a sobering way, and it doesn't mean that you can't find joy in the world, you know, uh, we can we can do it all. We actually are so much more resilient, um, and uh, uh, we are multifaceted beings, and we can find the joys and the pain in this. Um, by looking at it truthfully. So join us, and if you have any inclination, again, um, Anthony, would you like to? Would you like people to get in touch with you? Did you want to leave any kind of um, contact info? Well, yeah, definitely, definitely. You can find me at alchemywatson at gmail dot com. That's a l c h e m y r o b i n s o n at gmail dot com. Send me an email, connect to the question, etc. Like, so it's all it's all movement. And, and, and if I can briefly state uh, and just piggyback off of, of what you stated earlier, you may recognize that hey, just because you are not incarcerated, or maybe not even know someone that's incarcerated, which is like shocking, it's still invest. I mean, we could just do the math since the 1980s and recognize that how many prisons of ratio have been built to colleges, right? And we see the expansion of where the prison industrial complex is going. As you say, as Mike said, they built nearly over 20 prisons 
And at the ratio, they only built like three or four colleges, if that university, right? We will, the public is going to say, we lose out just in that. Absolutely. They could have built 25 new universities, right? California, the 99 corridor where they're building prisons in our backyard on our watch. Absolutely. We have to become better watchdogs in the Georgia because what does that say about a country who builds more prisons in college? Now that the college tuition is unaffordable, a prison tuition is free. Who do you think they're coming after? Absolutely. So let's leave it there because that's a great question. I encourage all of you to um, to think about it, and we will come back at you next Thursday. Thank you, Anthony, for for um, joining us this morning. It's been amazing, and also, Thank folks, yes, and um, reach us at uh, prisons.org. There's some great stuff to uh, look at there. If nothing but the newsletter. All right, folks, have a wonderful weekend.